It's winter, and you can now get almost anything you need for the coldest months of the year delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a ski slope delivered, but you can get dish soap delivered. Sunshine, that's a no. But a bottle of wine, that's a yes. A snow angel, sorry, no. But angel hair pasta, Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol and select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. Regular gum is boring, but Icebreaker's ice cubes are different. They're fancy. Icebreaker's gum has flavor crystals, which deliver a rush of cool, refreshing flavor. Plus, they are delightfully cube-shaped, making them soft and satisfying to chew. Icebreaker's Ice Cubes Gum. Ooh, fancy. Pick up your favorite flavor today. The 2024 Subaru Outback Wilderness is built to take you further off the beaten path. It has 9.5 inches of ground clearance paired with standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, plus off-road wheels, rugged all-terrain tires, and advanced dual-function X mode to help get you through deep snow, gravel, and mud. The 2024 Subaru Outback Wilderness. Adventure elevated. To explore all you can do with the rugged Subaru Wilderness family of vehicles, visit Subaru.com wilderness. To 2 2, and we've still got more than half an hour to go. And here's Ozil. Lacazette. Ozil! Go! Could it went left? But it went right. Because it went wrong. But it went right. Said it was Ian. But it went right. Pass on, pass on, sack. MVP in the last second. We're heading for a classic in the paper. Final. Now, what it was Ian about it? But I went seeing right. Man could have had that fight, but I'm in walk on sight. Man had to grab that man. You're not gonna spit this time. Trying to work with a good oh, energy. Man gonna work with a bad man vibe. None of these guys can't do it. It's amazing. It's amazing. Good evening and welcome to your weekly dosage of Touchy Gooners. Um, you may recognize the voice. It's not your usual host voice. We have. Lou Bob, who is currently um, on a tour of Africa doing his cultural enrichment. Um, we have Dan Coogs, who is being pammed by wedding planning. Um, so, yeah, you got your boy SV Carboholic here stepping up to the plate, even though I'm currently recovering from COVID. No symptoms, though. But, yeah, um, self-isolation at home. And, um, yeah, so we're here to discuss a few things today. So I'm joined by, firstly, uh, Dr. Leroy. How are you, sir? I'm good, man. I just want to say fuck Lewis, innit? Just... <laughs> And I'm also joined by joined by our, our, our bilingual um, Bunt Ass Liga expert, German Dan. How are you, sir? Yo, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> hey, that league ain't beating the allegations. Yeah. <laughs> that league ain't beating the allegations. Don't worry, don't worry about it, man. I'm, I'm working. I'm just good ass Liga. Okay, cool. Um, so let's yeah, let, let's let's get into it. Um, first and foremost, we'll touch on our most recent game. So, um, five wins in a row now in all competitions, the latest being a 5 0 away win at Norwich. Um, in the Premier League, obviously, Norwich aren't a great side, they've been getting battered left, right, and center, but you know, um, we put we put them to the sword, you know. I think Liverpool went to Carrow Road and only scored three. We put five past them. So, you know, some of our concerns earlier on in the season where, you know, maybe we weren't scoring 
and creating as many chances as we would like. But within the last, you know, three weeks or so, it, it started to come together a bit more. So, um, yeah, Dr. Lee, let me start with you. Um, what, what were your thoughts on the game? Um, so, yeah, uh, my thoughts were, overriding thoughts were, it's nice to be the bully boy again. Didn't it feel good? Because when we've been playing these teams, even like the shit teams, we were scraping 1-0 wins. And I felt that the games were still being played on the margins and they were still about the fine, the fine margins. And when you're playing teams like this, it really doesn't go well because you could still easily draw or lose those games. Um, and in the last sort of few games, it's felt like we should be beating these teams. Don't get me wrong. So we should, we can't get too carried away for beating these teams heavily. But the fact that it was comprehensive and that we beat them up, that's what made me really happy. So overall, looking at the game, I really like the balance in that attack. I think the, the profiles that are there mesh together really nicely. So you've obviously got Lacazette. Lacazette's got really good qualities in terms of his technical ability, in terms of how he links up with players, and in terms of his just work rate and industry, he's really good at pinning people and not letting people get past him and rolling. That goes really well with Odegaard, because Odegaard, you could see he's really enjoying playing with Lacazette and just having a little bit of a bounce pass to play off and being more connected to him. That with Martinelli's just... Martinelli is a demon in terms of his movement. He, he he causes problems. So his movement isn't just just to score goals. It just moves opposition players around. And I feel that his introduction into the team, moving opposition players around like that, is really doing a lot for the cohesiveness of our, our attack because we're becoming more potent again. We're becoming more dangerous again, simply from adding that in. And the fact that he's moving a lot and a lot of the time he's looking for the ball, Odegaard is finding him. I feel that as well as the um, in, the introduction of Lacquer again, that's another factor that's literally made Odegaard come alive. And when Odegaard's alive, that guy's a player. He's a proper, proper baller. Um, and then all of this coincides with Saka's hot streak. Saka's been... Saka is our most important attacker, by far. Um, he's the only one on the team that can break the game open. He's the only one in the squad that will do something individualistic that will change the so get that team running in the opposite direction change the course of the attack break the attack open make do some that that bit of x factor and the fact that he's on a hot streak um he's scoring goals he's always been getting in a position so it's good to see him finishing as well um it's all it's all good feels man it's all good feels and um i mean i've got to give a shout out to granite shaka as well because granite shaka coming in he had a bit of a dodgy first game but he was out from a bloody 12 week um injury or well for some reason how he got back in nine weeks i don't know maybe i'll do a piece on patreon for that because uh it's some rudish shit for me but um he's uh party always plays better with him in the team um they're playing more together and less of dropping into the left back type space um and it, it it looks like that partnership has a really nice balance in terms of they, they complement each other really well. So, yeah, overall, I'm pretty happy with the game. We can see the attack is functional and that's something we've called for for ages. The defence is the defence. It's been solid for a while. The individuals are solid and we've talked about that at length. So, overall, like, it's a pretty good time to be an Arsenal fan. And I don't expect us to go and... I expect us to go and lose against City, but... I'm seeing evolution rather than revolution, and that that's that's cool. I'm I'm happy to see that, and I'm I'm just hopeful that we continue going in the same direction. But I'm a little bit mindful that we're not just um, in a good run of form playing terrible teams, and as soon as we start playing the teams towards the mid table and the upper mid table, we start to come unstuck offensively again. 
But overall, that I can't be upset at what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, good, good stuff. Um, I, I tend to echo your thoughts. Um, Dan, do you tend to side with Leroy? Is it just a case of us us beating up the bad teams, or, or are you seeing, you know, an evolution stylistically? Because you know, we we were sat here earlier on, you know, the, some weeks back, talking about how you know maybe we might have been picking up points, but um, we still had some valid concerns about you know pinning teams back more, being a bit more sustainable in terms of how we attack, how we. Um, pin teams back, how we create, how we score. Um, have you been encouraged by what you've seen in the last few weeks and particularly against Norwich too? Yeah, I think I think it's probably quite difficult to ascertain. So you have to kind of go with like a mixture of what you've been seeing and a, and a bit of gut feeling. And I think I think I think I echo the thoughts as well. And I think there has been an evolution, especially offensively. I think he's put solid um, foundations into the team defensively, but we really struggled to score for um, what the majority of last season and the early parts of this season. And then it didn't just click, but um, like Lira said, he, he assembled the right profiles on attack. And I think um, the key piece of that was getting the best out of um, Udegaard and getting the best out of Saka. And um, this month in particular, um, those two players have been very, very good. Um, I'm, I'm sure they'll probably be up for player player of the month, uh, for Premier League player of the month, and Martinelli as well. Actually, all three of them have been really, really good. And all three, the way they play, it kind of complements each other and Laka kind of puts it together. Um, in some way, you could say that Aubameyang um, debacle or the Aubameyang situation um, has rejuvenated our season because we had that early spell where we did really well. Um, I think it was like five or seven games or something. I don't quite remember. We well, we won quite a few games in a row and we, we clawed back up the table. And then it started to look a bit higgy again against um United. It was uh, it was a difficult game. We I felt the team looked disjointed and um and I think Everton as well. Um and then just at the right time, just before the Christmas run of games, um this change happened and I do feel that um, this can also apply to the better teams. And we we played West Ham, you know. Um, and bear in mind, that, that game was a real pressure game at the time. People were saying, yeah, I fancy left them to leave us something. And we completely panned the ass. They, they, were, they were nowhere near us in that game. Um, so that was a game that gave me a lot of encouragement. And I was confident that from the games that we have coming up, I think it was Norwich and then maybe there was another game as well. That I was I was sure we would win and we would get the points and I'm happy we have done um bit as we touched on in the group as well a bit unlucky to not have played the Wolves game even though 48 or less than 48 hour rest is not ideal but it would have been nice to pick up another a uh, game and another win because I'm sure we would have we would have we would have got that as well um just on the run that we're on right now whereas the City game kind of breaks up this run a little bit um because I, I struggle to see how we can get a win. They're just they're just too good. And they're they're doing a December thing where they're just winning 10, 10 12 games in a row. So they're just doing a thing right now. Um let's see how we compete in that game. Uh, for me, important in that game again, um, just to go back to like the Liverpool game, for example, where I, I felt like we competed for 20 minutes and then we completely capitulated. It's important that we compete in this game against City over the weekend for the whole 90 minutes. And um I think that's where I need to see some progression as well. I've seen a lot of progression against the lower level teams, and that's a that's an underrated trade actually being able to beat them quite convincingly. Um, so I've seen a big progression there, um, which we have struggled so much last season. I mean, we all know that. So that's a big progression there. Um, the middle level teams, we need to play them a bit more, but we've seen us against Leicester and West Ham. Now, can we? 
play against the best team and compete for 90 minutes. Um, and I'm, I'm confident that we, if everyone stays fit, we, we can be close enough to um, to where we want to be in the table, to be honest. Yeah, great stuff on that. I, I guess, you know, just slightly um, segueing on now. So, so if we look at it holistically, we're halfway through the league season now. Um, we sit fourth in the Premier League, albeit um, Spurs and United both have games in hand on our Spurs. If they win all their games in hand, um, go above us by just a point. But they, I think it is two, three away games they have. So, you know, and they dropped points to Southampton yesterday as well. Um, you know, hey, sorry, at the start sorry, of the season, we were all quite pessimistic. Sorry to cut. And on the games, and I just got to say, yeah, man. Sorry. On the games, and I just got to say, man, <laughs> these people got excited too early, man. You have to win these games first. You can't, like, I'm not That's looking true. at the table thinking, oh, we have a game in hand on, I think, as a, a Chelsea. We'd be close to them if we win that game. And that, we need to win that first. That game could be a loss. It could be a draw. You don't know. I'm not counting. You shouldn't be counting those points. And I don't know if um, my, many of the listeners listen to Battle Rap, but if you do, you might get this reference, yeah? You guys are having games in hands, playing against Southampton and got who and Newcastle, and it's close. You having close battles with Bill Collector? You having close battles with Bill Collector? It's very, very funny. But anyway, continue, continue. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you know, I think at the at the start of the season we were all quite pessimistic um, around our transfer business. We were all caught. You know, when we look at the predictions. A lot of us didn't even predict us to reach the top six. So we are currently sitting here after 19 games in fourth position on 35 points. Um, if we were to extrapolate that over the course of the season and try to, you know, replicate what we've done in the first half of the season, in the second half of the season, 70 points usually gets you top four. Um, it would have got you, you know, I think it was 60 odd, 60, 66, 67 points last season that got you top four. So um, overall, um, what's your current assessment of the season so far? And, you know, what, what do you think we need to do um, to, to sort of continue to maintain? Leroy, I'll come to you first. Obviously, we've also played um, away at Old Trafford. We've played away, we've played away at the Etihad. We've already played away at Anfield. Um, so we've got a lot of difficult, you know, fixtures away um, in the first half of the season. And, you know, our... Our home form is right up there, along with City as, as the best in the league, I believe, as well. So, but obviously, we'll have a lot of these teams to play at the Emirates in the second half of the season. So, you, your overall current thoughts on the season so far, based on your initial predictions, and you know how you kind of see the second half of the season panning out as well. So, we've well outdone my expectations so far this season. So, I, I wasn't really particularly optimistic this season. Um, I think not just myself, along with us lot on the on the pod and along with the, the majority of people online that I saw, we when we the window closed, we weren't really enamoured with a lot of the signings we'd made. We thought they'd made a lot of bad choices. But obviously we've been so far at least, we've been proven wrong categorically about pretty much every signing. Um I mean a lot of us thought Odegaard would be good and he, he he's cooking now, so that's good. But a big factor for me is even though we've conceded more goals than we have last season in the same games, because we lost big in the big games, I still feel like defensively we've been solid. <clears throat> so you look at Gabriel not put a foot wrong. Colossus this season. 
Ben White has surprised pleasantly and been very, very good this season. He started out as well in terms of his, quite conservative in terms of his passing and he was decent in terms of his carrying, but you can really see where he adds value in terms of the build-up play as well. Um, in just in terms of the press resistance and the fact that he can step past people. Tommy Asu has been an absolutely sensational signing. Um, solid lockdown defender, very good technically, which doesn't get talked about enough. And in terms of uh, people talk about him going forward, yes, okay, he might not be the best in the opposing third or the, the, the final third. In terms of his ball progression and in terms of his uh, um, pass selection and in terms of his quality under pressure, absolutely fantastic. Nuno Tavares had a run in the team, superb signing as a backup left back, really offers some other different qualities that Tierney doesn't. Tierney started slowly this season and now he's picking up as well. So we've re and Ramsdale has been absolutely sensational. He's probably been one of our signings of the season um, so far. Um, so when we look at that, there's a really solid base that we started to build. So very, very quickly when these men came into the team, you could see that we're, they're not bozos at the back and that we were looking relatively solid. The next problem then came with uh, our offensive output. In my opinion, a lot of the offensive problems came from midfield. Um, uh, and that was because party wasn't really playing well and was being really inconsistent. Um, Shaka came out of the team and I actually felt liked where we went with Shaka out of the team because I thought, even though Lukonga, for me, still needs a lot of development, his his profile and what he was doing in terms of punching it through the middle, in terms of shortening the game rather than Shaka's type of game and being a little bit more penetrative from a central area was quite good and I was liking that evolution. But Shaka's come back into the team now, still looking good. When Shaka's got time and space, there is no doubt he can boss a game. He has his flaws, he has his weaknesses, but that kid can, or that guy, sorry, I say kid, he's younger than me still, but that guy, he, he can boss a game when he's when he's given time. So he, he had a really good season last season um, and he's not having a bad season this season since he's come back. Um, he's had a couple of dodgy games, but he's, he's not been too bad. Um, in terms of sort of how I see the season so far, it's been a case of, just like I said, evolution rather than revolution. We're building. Arteta's, to be honest, even though I'm still not convinced by him, he's, he's coached his ass off this season, if, if we're being real, because we've been presented with lots of different problems and he's solved those problems one by one so far. That's what it looks like anyway. I mean, we'll have to see if this attack thing lasts. So, and the thing I that's... Like I said, even though we might not agree with Arteta's approach all the time, you can always see that we are a well-coached side. And you can always see what we are trying to do on a football pitch. Um, and you can always notice when there's differences as well. So he has made positive steps and he's created solutions to problems and we're slowly building. So overall, if we can continue this improvement and we can get some um, signs in January, they, they might outdo all our expectations and they might go on to do really well this season. So overall, so far, if you look at that 19 games to halfway point, this has been a successful season for us from where we started and where we're expecting to be. Uh, and then hopefully long may it continue. Yeah, great stuff. I, I'd be inclined to agree. Obviously, I think a lot of us, you know, we were quite scathing in our ratings of the window. Um, and obviously, you know, like you said, we're only halfway through the season, so there's still a lot um, of a way to go. We've still got, you know, a lot of difficult fixtures to come. 
Um, I probably do think we have, though, benefited from the one game a week, um, even though, you know, as Arsenal fans, we'd all like to see us play a bit more. But I think, you know, more time on the training ground from the coach, um, less load on the players consistently, I think, has probably worked in our favour. So we'll see how that sort of extrapolates over the course of the season. Um, so, yeah, Dan, same to you. How, how have you found um, the half a season so far relevant, uh, you know, compared to your initial expectations? Yeah, um, it's been a bit of a roller coaster because um, this summer, yeah, as you said, we were we we were underwhelmed. I thought all the all the signings looked nice on paper, they looked cool, but I was looking at who's moving the needle for us in midfield, especially in attack. I, I, I was regular gum is boring, but Icebreakers Ice Cubes are different. They're fancy. Icebreakers gum has flavor crystals, which deliver a rush of cool, refreshing flavor. Plus, they are delightfully cube-shaped, making them soft and satisfying to chew. Icebreakers Ice Cubes gum. Ooh, fancy. Pick up your favorite flavor today. The last thing you want to hear when you need your auto insurance most is... Thank you for calling. Please listen to your list of 46 possible service options. Which is why when you choose USAA Auto Insurance, you'll get great service that is easy and reliable. 24-7 online service for claims, access to roadside assistance, and more. All at the touch of a button. Start getting the service you deserve. Get a quote today. Ability to receive a quote depends on membership eligibility. Membership eligibility and product restrictions apply and are subject to change. USAA means United Services Automobile Association and its affiliates, San Antonio, Texas. I was a big fan of Udegaard. I still am. So I was like, okay, Udegaard I can take, but who's moving the needle? Are we going to do more? Um, I really wanted us to, I don't know, do a war chest type of summer. And they spent a lot of money, but I think maybe maybe they had a they had a plan from the offset, sort of. Um, and I think what, what, really, what really I didn't take into consideration in the summer was um the development of Saka and Smith role and also Martinelli now who's come into the team. And I think this is probably something that internally they have looked at and said, we believe these guys can do it this season. We just need to put them in the best best possible environment to do it, find the best possible team for them to thrive in. And um I think that's why they've been trying. And um all honestly our form um and our positive form is really down to Saka, Smith-Rowe, Martinelli, Udegaard, all these guys have been very, very potent, super potent in their attacking play. Um, they they all have had some games when they weren't that good, but they have had so many good games individually, all of them. Um, so um, I think that has massively contributed to where we are at um, the moment. And I agree with Leroy's um, sort of um, thoughts on um, Atal. Yeah, he has managed some very, very difficult situations. I mean, after the third, um, f- uh, first three losses, that's a horror situation being as, as an Arsenal manager. And then he turned it around and he won quite a lot of games in a row. Um, given the circumstances, that, that wasn't easy at the time. Um, and the team didn't look good going into those, um, into those, into that run. Um, and then again, um, when, when, when the expectations were started rising, um, the team kind of fell short um, on a few occasions. But then he, he, he you know, he, he got the team, team to to perform again throughout this month, and it's made him it's made a, a like a big big difference on where we are on the table. And um, to think that we've played so many of these big teams away already um, leaves me with confidence that um, I think we can finish the season stronger. I think the next two months are obviously crucial, and they will be difficult. But um, I, I've always known Arsenal to finish the season pretty strongly, um, especially in the latter stages, unless it was on the Una Emery. Um, so. I think I think um, as as Leroy also said, if we maybe can do something in Jan to pluck the gaps a little bit. I know we're not playing that many games 
when Afghan is happening. But I, I'm just a bit weary of Partey not being here. I do think that Congo, when he's played, has has played really well and he's stepped up. Um, but yeah, I do feel like maybe we can just bolster the squad a little bit because I don't think we've had a big injury yet. And also, I always feel like every every team or every squad kind of gets one big injury. Or you know, it doesn't have to be an ACL. It could be like a few weeks out. Um, you kind of always experiencing them. I maybe I, I guess sorry, the Jaka one was one. But I just feel like there could be one or two more injuries. And um, even though the cadence of our game is less than our opponents. Um, so I'm just a bit wary of that, and I'd like us to bolster the squad out a little bit, and I'd like us to maybe get another attacking option um, with Aubameyang now out in the cold. Um, I hope the club can move him on in this January window. I don't want us to like lose two games on the bounce at some point, and then people to talk about, oh, Aubameyang should be coming back in. Um, I think I think it's, it's important that you know um, he moves on and, and the club moves on because it doesn't look like there's any way back, to be honest. So, yeah, um on the whole, um, I'm very, very pleased where we are right now. I know this is a bit of a monologue, but yeah, I'm very pleased where we are right now. And um, I hope we can, you know, continue and we can compete in the bigger games. Um, I think we can be thereabouts. And um, I always kind of thought that some of the teams that we think or some of the teams that on paper look good, they'll, they probably won't end up performing good, like the, the likes of Leicester, like the likes of United, um, Spurs. I always kind of felt like there's an opening for top four or top six, potentially. Um it's just about being consistent and just having one game a week allows us to be that. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it, it's a good point. I think Dan Coogs mentioned, you know, talked about this season being a being a, um, a points accumulation season. And it, and it is really just a case of the team who's most consistent will will win out at the end. So hopefully, I think, um, you know, we've got Mirad Semra here. We said, um, you know, uh, 70 points, do we think it'd be enough for Champions League? I do think it'd probably be enough for Champions League this year. So if we can, you know, replicate what we've done over the first half of the season, um, I think that probably gets, yeah, I think that gets top four. Um, and I still expect everyone to drop points just because the reality of the the fact is the league is hot. Do you know what I mean? That, that there isn't any guarantees. Um, everyone is fighting for something. Do you know what I mean? So you saw United go to, to Newcastle. Newcastle, you know, they barely won a game this season. So... Um, and they're backed, you know, by by oil money. So obviously they've got their own agenda as well. So yeah, I think um, every team will have their struggles. Every team will have their ups and downs. So it's just the team that can, you know, manage to fight above it, stay consistent, avoid big injuries, avoid COVID, which we've seen as, you know, rattled a lot of teams as well. So so we'll see how that pans out over the course of the season. I think you both, yeah. you know, you, you both um, referenced, you know, the January window. So I, th I, think, I, I think I'll come on to it now. Um, we look at it, there's been heavy links in the last few days with Ainsley Maitland-Niles talking about um, a loan to Roma with an option obligation of around 12 mil. Um, and, you know, we've spoken already about Party and Elneny both going to the African Cup of Nations. So that literally just leaves us with um, Xhaka and Lokonga. Now, obviously, I like Patino, but he's obviously physically nowhere near the level that we need yet for him to be featuring regularly. And obviously we've got a two-legged cup tie against Liverpool. We have an FA Cup tie away to Nottingham Forest as well. So we are going to be playing a lot of games in January. So we do need the numbers. Um, so I, I guess looking at it now in January, how would you approach it, Leroy? And is, is there any, anything you do in particular? So I feel that the season has presented us an opportunity we didn't expect. We expected to sort of, Finish in a, try and finish in a respectable position and go for Europa League. We find ourselves at the halfway point, genuinely in the top four. Don't waste the opportunity. I feel that we should try our best to go as big as possible 
and to because we're gonna we're gonna lose a lot um, from Afcon, a lot, a lot than most teams, a lot more than most teams. Because even though Party's been sometimeish this season, he's extremely important to us. Um, Aubameyang, okay, yes, I understand that he's not in the squad right now. He goes away. If Laka gets an injury, we will start with Eddie. Balogun's likely going to go on loan anyway. So we're really lacking up top in that central area. I feel that we've kind of got enough in the re- in other areas. Obviously, we, we've been quite lucky with injuries. If we lose one of the key pillars, the Gabriels, the Lacazettes at the moment, <coughs> the Partes um, for a significant period, we could be in big, big trouble. And I would love to see us um, hedge those hedge those uh, bets and uh, hedge our bets, sorry, and make sure that we've just got cover and we've got another third quality CM that can be played in that position. We have a, an option if Lakiv gets injured or gets COVID again or or whatever. Those are the things I'd like to see, even if they're creative short-term options. Because if we can navigate this well and navigate it to the point where the drop-off isn't too big, you're seeing how tough this season is and, and teams of having players drop like flies with COVID, they're having injuries, they're having all sorts, particularly with Europe, etc. So you've got to seize your opportunities when they come. So I would like to see um, a, a starting CM. I think that's doable in January. I think we can go and buy one if we put the money up. And I would, if we have to pay a premium to do it, so be it. Um, and then I'd like to see uh, a forward come in, a central forward, somebody who can play in the central positions, whether that be a creative option like a Lukijovic on loan or, or, or something along those lines if we are to shift Aubameyang. But if we aren't able to shift Aubameyang, he needs to be reintegrated to the group. I understand that this disciplinarian thing, I understand that you won't have all the same rules for everyone else. I understand all of that. However, sometimes... The, the win is more important. What's best for the team is more important. We would need him in the group if he um, if if um, we don't get anyone else in. And if he is not part of the group and that's not going to happen, then they have to move heaven and earth to make something else happen. They must do it. Um, and if we do that, then we can really go into the second half of the season confidently because I feel like, like I said, the defence is relatively solid. I mean, Holding is not our most favourite player, but he can come in and do a job. Um, we've got real good backup at left back. We've shown Ben White in terms of this system can fill in at right back. Um, central mid, we like I said, we we need that position out wide. I feel like when ESL's on the bench, he's not even getting starts. When Saka gets cold or Martinelli gets cold or Odegaard gets cold, ESL comes in. One of them will pick up the slack. I feel like we've got enough in that position. So up front, um, centre mid. Um, I'd like to see things done that are going to bolster us and really give us that push for the top four. Because if we make the top four this season, everything changes. Everything changes because we're back. We're back. And then we can really go big and then we can really consolidate that. Um, uh, So, and I feel like if we do that, especially with this young squad, the first time they're together, the soft factors in that make a massive difference. Imagine all of these young boys have come together and the first season they got Champions League. That, that kind of thing builds momentum um, and, and that'll be really important for, for the morale and the belief of, of the group. So, oh, yeah, fingers crossed they, they, they see that too and, and they go on and do the same thing. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, just before you come in, Dan, I think obviously, you know, we've had discussions about this in the group chat as well. You know, sometimes January being a hard window 
to to try and buy um, what we necessarily need. I think it might be easier to buy a centre midfielder than probably a forward, um, just because you know that the forward market is always a bit more limited and it's harder to get what you want done in Jan. Um, you know, there there we saw a link today with Bruno Guimaraes. Um, we're all a fan of him as well at, at Leon. Leon aren't doing too well at the moment in Liga. They sit thirteenth in the league, so um, it doesn't look like they're going to get Europe again. Um, this season so I think you know a big bid you know uh, it's talking in a region of 38 million pounds I think that's very reasonable um, (laughs) I think that's very reasonable for him Um, we've seen tentative links with um, Bologna midfielder Matthias Vanberg now I I don't know much about him I've only watched one full game of his against Juve Um, he looks to be a bit more of an all-action type midfielder but Yeah. <laughs> Thank. Is, uh, is uh, Matthias Schwanberg, by the way? Oh, oh, oh so, sorry, sorry, Dan. Sorry, Dan. All right, sorry, Dan. Sorry, sorry. I'm uh, sorry. Our, our resident linguist. <laughs> I, I haven't watched that guy, but I mean, you know, the Touchy Gooners are famous for the FB ref, right? I don't use it. I don't know. I don't know how to get access to that. But then, man, drop it in the group. That was smelly. That just all I saw was Bruno Fernandez. <laughs> that's all I saw. I saw flipping. Um, What's it called? Swedish Bruno Fernandes. And like players who aren't securing the ball, one, I ain't feeling them. And number two, I don't see Arteta really going down that route either. Um, I know Sean, you said you watched the game and you saw something different, but... Yeah. No, like no, no, no. I, I, I mean, you, you might well be right. I said I've only, I've only watched one game against Juve and he, he didn't look loose in that game. But obviously, statistically, it, it doesn't look great at the moment. So I think it's one of those we probably have to try and watch him a few more times. Um, it's a tough one because obviously <laughs> we were all heavily critical of everything we done in the summer, but you know, um, they ended up being better than we thought. And I think, yeah, to your point, I don't think Arteta is the sort of guy who's going to want anyone who's loose on the ball, you know, since he places so much emphasis in terms of build up. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think he's going to settle for for any sort of Bruno Fernandes type, so I, I guess it's probably one to watch on the um striker issue. I think. The issue is it's just going to be hot. Who's going to be paying Aubameyang's wages? You know, I feel like the the only creative short-term option, if we are to get him out, um, it will be like a short-term loan. And it looks like we'd have to still foot the majority of those wages, wherever it will be. So that's going to be, that's a tough one to play. So I'm going to be interested to see how Arteta plays that, just because realistically, I don't know who we can get in Jan. That is going to be, you know, fill our needs. Um you know, I feel like it might have to be a, a wait till summer job. Um, so it might be a case of Bamian gets reintegrated, but it's probably just a case of wait and see on that one. So yeah, Dan, what's your thoughts on it? January. Yeah, um, I kinda I think I mean we're just agreeing on the spot today. It's probably because Lewis is not on. <laughs> but um yeah, um I do agree. I think we have a we have a big opportunity with top four. We're in a very good position and um we actually uh, we are playing fixtures in general, but not that many. Um, but we, we want to have a strong squad when we come out of this period uh, and um and that um you know that um what's the an international break um when, when people return from an international break in February, we want to be in a strong position to be able to pick up points very fast and very consistently. That's the period when all our um ops are essentially gonna be playing their European games as well. So they'll be their cadence of games is gonna be very, very peak. They'll be playing on the weekend, playing midweek, playing on the weekend, playing midweek. Us, man, we're going to be chilling on in, in, in the week. Our players are probably going to be going on brunches, etc., etc. 
and then weekend we we need to be ready to pan, you know. So I do think that they will do something. I think that they do really, um, recognize that. And I think generally, I think in a group, I said it a couple of times now with transfers. I'm I don't want to judge the players too too early now. Um, I watch what um the player looks like. I think I say if I think he's good or not, but I'm not gonna say uh absolutely don't do it, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I'm gonna see um when they're here, unless it's like a very clear case, like a William. That's that's just the type of transfer I don't I, that I'm not gonna be agreeing with. But if the profile is under 25 and um and and stuff, I'm just gonna wait and see because it does seem like they do extensive scouting. It does seem like they do sort of their homework on those players and how they fit in, not just um stylistically but also culturally. Um, Ramsdale, Ben White, Tomiyasu, all these players have fit in quite seamlessly culturally. Odegaard was already here. So I feel like these guys do their, do their homework um, more extensively nowadays. And um, yeah, that Matthias Schwanberg didn't look great um, on, on the statistics. Um, and I do agree that I'm inclined to believe that the pass completion is just way too low for Atta to consider it. Even though in the clips, he looked like a technically capable player. But if you have those type of tendencies, I'd be surprised if Atta does it. But if he does it, then he, he must have a plan. And these guys seem to want to do everything with a plan at the moment. Um, I do, however, think that a, quite a possible transfer in January is Zakaria, and not a player that I'm, again, particularly keen on or fond on. But again, I'm going to judge him if they sign him when he's here. Um, he's a player that I do think is not the best technically, but he's very secure on the ball. I, would look, I was looking at the stats. I put a poster to FB Refn Group. He's got a 90% pass completion, so he doesn't give the ball away much with his passes. Um, so I don't know. He's got the physical profile. He's got the ball carrying. Um, I can see it, given that his contract is expiring. Um, at the end of the season, so going into Jan, we could we could um, you know um, offer him a, a deal essentially, but we could also get a cut price deal um, negotiating with Gladbach. And I think I saw some I saw some stories. I think it was Kicker, which is pretty reliable in Germany as far as um, and news outlets go, where they said that um, yeah, Zakaria is probably available for a cut price of around seven million euros, and that's that's a Swiss international, twenty five years old. I wouldn't be surprised if they do that deal because. Maybe it's quite straightforward to do. Um, and then at the, in the striker position, I think, yeah, Leroy, you mentioned the, uh, the striker that I could potentially see. Jovic is not going to... His future in Real Madrid, uh, his future at Real Madrid is not looking great. Um, he's played a few games this year and he's he's also scored a couple of goals. I've watched some of the games and he looked decent, to be fair. Um, not someone that I would want to have long-term, but I think in the, in the medium, um, I wouldn't mind him at all. Um and I also feel like he, he probably knows that he needs to get out there um, to get clubs interested in him, given that uh, Real Madrid are going to get either Haaland or Mbappe or both in the summer, and then it's really curtains for him. So I guess a loan for him would be quite good. And I, I think motivation is a big part on some of these players. And we talk about it a couple of times, but I think it'd be a good motivation for him to come here and loan and try, you know, play really well to, to gain a move, maybe to Arsenal, maybe to someone else, since this Real Madrid future is not looking that that rosy. Um but yeah, um, I think, I think, I think that uh, Zachary is quite likely. Uh, I know Bruno G is someone that we 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 all admire. I think he's a super super good player. Um, does a lot of things very fast, um, of one or two touches. Uh, I like efficient and technical players, and he's just that. And he's also very tenacious. I think he's like sort of the the perfect perfect CM that we could sign him him or Basuma. But Bruno Bruno G has better passing. He's got the better um, you know the ball progression. I think he's probably a bigger um, sort of package overall that we, we'd like to do. I think we prefer signing players from across the country rather than 
in the Premier League, I say that having um, us having just signed Ramsdale and Ben White, but I generally feel like Arsenal's the type of team that like going to Europe to make signings. So um, I, can, I could see that being a, an interesting case. I'm not sure in this window, but um, Lyon are doing bad. I, um, or they're not doing well. They're in like 12th or something like that, aren't they? So maybe there's an opening. And they always need money. <laughs> so let's let's um just hold on that point now for for a bit. So obviously you've mentioned Zakar Zakaria. Um Night Racing is back at Richmond Raceway. This spring, top NASCAR drivers like Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, Bubba Wallace, Ross Chastain, and Virginia's own Denny Hamlin will battle under the bright lights. And this historic track also offers a rocking infield experience with unparalleled access to your favorite drivers and one of the best tailgate scenes around. For a weekend of friends, family, and amazing short track action, head to Richmond Raceway, March 29th through 31st. Get tickets now at richmondraceway.com. Get ready to feel the heat with Maybelline New York's Lifter Plump. It's their newest lip plumping gloss, and it packs some intense heat. And that's because it's formulated with chili peppers to bring a heated sensation and an instant plumping effect that lasts. Available in eight sizzling shades like Blush Blaze, Red Flag, Hot Honey, Cocoa Zing, and more. Buy Lifter Plump now on Amazon and use the code 10PLUMP to get 10% off for a limited time. Bruno G as well. Um, so we, we've seen in recent games um, a slight change in shape. Um, you know, Tini's not been, you know, with Martinelli in the side, Tini's not been pushed up as much. He will have burst during the game, but on the whole, generally, he's been a bit more conservative. It's because, you know, um, because of how Martinelli likes to play. We've also seen, and I think this is one I probably wanted to touch on a bit and link it in with, you know, the type of centre-mids we've had. So, Xhaka has been playing in the same line as Odegaard. So even though it's a 4-2-3-1 on paper, when you take a lot of stills uh, or look at, um, you know, videos of it during the game, the shape is very much a V-shape um, with Party at the base and you've got Xhaka and Odegaard just ahead. So Xhaka has been pressing up a lot higher um, and obviously Odegaard has been in the right half space. So if we look at it holistically like that, you know, uh, and, and say we're targeting a left centre mid, um, what profile and, and and let's project here let, let's try and get into Arteta's head do you think he might be looking at so obviously you mentioned Zakaria or, or Bruno G um what type of player do you think fits that profile um Leroy let's go to you first as well sorry man I was just literally sorting that out okay no so I was just saying um in the last few games, we've seen the sh the, um, the shape, shape change. change yeah, yeah. yeah, so we, we've seen Jakar push a lot higher yeah. up. Arteta's, yeah. you know, he's been playing in the same line as Odegaard, so it's specifically been a V shape um, with yeah. Jakar and Odegaard. You know, Jakar operating as the left sort of centre mid in that in the formation. So, if we try and project forward, um, what type of centre mid do you think Arteta might be interested in? Yeah. Sorry, like you, man. Um, this is what I do for Touchy Gunas, yeah? Like, I'm ignoring patience for you, man. That's just what I'm doing. Like, so just so you know. Like, Yo! <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> um, now, I see Arteta getting a, quite a balanced midfielder in that role. So I don't see him getting like a proper eight. I see him getting someone who can do quite a lot of things. So I think he's going to be... Obviously, in, in the nature, because it will be technically, quote-unquote, base of the midfield, he needs to be able to do the base job and sort of eight job. So it's going to be someone who's pretty high volume, high touch, good passer, 
but then also has a bit of the creativity and penetration in his passing, so he can be a bit creative and um, and slide balls into the final third. Um, I think the person who within Arteta is going to have in that position is going to have a high need a high engine, and it's going to be a reasonable ball winner. So overall, they're going to have to be sort of jack of all trades, master of none, or a pretty good all rounder. In, in my opinion, and that's what I think that we'll get in that, and that's why I can see Bruno G fitting in stylistically um, in that role. The only concern I have about him is I know he's a bit tenacious and he's like a bit um, not scatty, but he, he's he's got the grit in him. I'm worried about him athletically in this league. Um, Someone like, yeah, Barella. Someone said Barella would be amazing, but I don't see him ever coming to us. But someone in that Bruno G, Barella type mould, very, very well-rounded midfielder who can do both sides of the game um, and who's pretty tactically flexible. That's the type of person I, I see now. I would love, love Yves Basuma. We saw Yves Basuma just munch up that Chelsea midfield today, um, as he does on countless occasions against countless midfields. For me... That kind of when you bring Basuma into midfield, you bring the type of player who, even though he might not be the right um, profile for for what Arteta might want, you bring domination. Because when you see Basuma and then you see Party in a midfield together, you think, "Fuck, we're, we're they're in for a game." Do you know what I mean? That's what I'd love to see. But I feel that Arteta would want someone who's a bit more pass heavy, a bit higher volume from that perspective, and maybe um, um, a bit more well-rounded. Um, but that's a shame because I I, I, I think Basuma is, is an amazing player. Um, and I feel like if we brought him into the team, you know how you just, you know how like Liverpool suffocate teams and, and they just, it's literally just stranglehold. I can see Basuma dropping into our team and I can see us literally penning teams in and pamming them all game. Big teams, small teams, loads of teams. Add the striker to that, Add the, um, get rid of Pepe, add a winger who's got 1v1 quality to that mix. We, we're cooking. We, we're cooking. We can't lie. Yeah, I uh, I tend to agree. Dan, any thoughts on on, on the profile? Do, do you think... Um... You know, Leo mentioned a high touch sort of a balancer. You, you know, when that sort of comes to mind, I sort of think of like a Gundogan type as well. You know, someone who's highly involved on both sides of uh, of it. Um, what do you think he, he might look at? He might be targeting. I find um, I find it difficult to say. Um, to be honest, I think there's a, a I think a number of profiles that would fit, and I do think that the Bruno G profile and sort of the balance sort of midfielder kind of fits. And it kind of um, aligns with um, some of the links that we've seen. Um, Bruno, um, we've seen Zakaria as well, um, who I think is on the lower end of quality and on the um, competitive pairs that we talked about. And then we've also seen Ruben Neves, um, you know, uh, again, a midfielder, I think that does both sides. Um, I think he's actually, he's, I think he's come on quite well this season. He's looked quite good. Um, not like we've seen the link, but I think that's probably sort of the type of profile that we're looking for. And then when you look at what we bought in Lokonga, someone that, develops and or is developing into this type of profile um and it's going to be this type of profile so i think this is the type of midfielder arteta likes so yeah probably basuma um bruno g um just when i see arteta try to full free free however sometimes i kind of feel like you know you need a like a very um ball um you know technically secure ball carrier um someone that can get the ball and turn fast um 
So I, I do think that maybe the Awa, um, the Awa um, door is not closed yet because I still see him as the type of player that can do these type of things. And um, not just Awa, I think also Yassin Adli. Um, I think he's been plays in, in, in the attacking midfield sometimes, but he also plays in central midfield. Um, he's fairly tall. He's a bit skinny, but he's, he's on the tall side. We know they want to sign taller players as well. And um, he's he's a very good player. He's a very, very good presser. And technically, he's absolutely cold. I think I think they're they're doing their work on the on the scouting. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see, you know, like a name that we didn't expect, and they they sign them, and then you know I I see what they do. But um, just because because they went six six out of six in the summer, really, with all the signings, um, they've they've got some some credit in the bank from us from our side, and I'm I'm excited to see what they do. I hope they do something. Um, I mean, we've been there so many times in the winger areas where we. I felt like, yo, let's do something this window. Let's pull something out the bag. We need to do something. And then deadline day, we get Kim Kershkom. Nah, this is not. This is not. This is not one of them days. We don't want that right now. You know, we need something, something real. We need something tangible. We need something that pushes the team forward. And I think competition is good, man. Um, we need more competition in the team. And I feel like the Saka Pepe competition for um the the five games that um towards the end of the season where it lasted. Um, coming into the season and Saka coming in, like Saka knew he had to like you know do his thing to kind of make clear like Pepe, you ain't you ain't you ain't he ain't he ain't welcome here no more, bro. The starting lineup is not for you, bro. Um, and the same as for um Udegaard and ESR. I think um probably ESR doesn't play that much in the term, but I think there's healthy competition. ESR every time he comes on, he's leaving with something in the last three games. Before that, he was starting games um and being our best player. So. Um, same as Martinelli now coming in. Um, competition is good. We need more competition in midfield and up top. Those are the two key areas, man. Um, it would be lovely if you do something. Hey, let's, I don't want to see no Artemelo around. <laughs> yeah, no. Because rumour has it Artemelo got writer syndrome. I'm not going to tell you what that is. I'm not going to say that. No, it is. Google writer syndrome. Writer syndrome. Have a look at what that is. And then, yeah, keep it to yourself. And I don't, I don't want to be sued for life on it. But that's what allegedly. So yeah. <laughs> you, you, you heard the good doctor on that. I feel like, um, you know, I think Leroy made this point before. I feel like the the Dan, you just referenced it as well. The club have been very, 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 very specific in terms of the players they're targeting. I don't feel like Arteta is the sort of guy who can be pressured into panic buying. Um, I feel like he wants who he wants. Do you know what I mean? So. And it has to be a very, very specific profile. So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me um, to for, for it to be like a, a name we've totally not heard of, you know, sort of a left field name. I do feel like Bruno G sort of fits the mould, um, fits the bill. I do also actually think I agree with you, Dan. I think Awa sort of fits that left centre mid mould as well. He is obviously a bit more lightweight and, and you do maybe wonder, is Awa Odegaard, you know, too much? Is it, is it a bit too lightweight? Um, based on, you know, all the guys they've been signing, you know, have been sort of six foot sort of guys. Even Odegaard is not small, small himself as well. Do you know what I mean? So it looks like they're trying to sign guys with athletic capabilities, but also have the good a good base technical level as well. So it'll be interesting. Bruno Grimares is six foot. Um, that Spamberg guy is all six foot one. So, uh, you know, Zakaria is over six foot as well. So, you know, I mean, all these guys as well kind of do fit the mould. So I, I guess it's just... Um, it's one to watch, one to watch. But I do feel, um, and I side with both of you, the position we're in at the moment, I feel like we really need to thrive um, and we really need to try and take advantage of it. We're in a strong position, so let's try and hammer it home. 
Um, so yeah, but um, just before we close, um, let's get on to this criminal, um, Pep Guardiola. We've just seen his comments. He said he's about to play an Arsenal side that are in its best form in five, six years. And you know what Pep is like when he starts complimenting you like that. He's about to give you a four or five piece in the next game. So, and, and I hate the way he's so cheeky with it because he's like, oh, he'll beat you. His team will flog you and they'll be like, oh, it's the hardest team we've played all season. <laughs> man, shut up, man. Shut up. Like, well, he's actually sickle, you know. I hate him. I, I, actually, I actually just hate him. Actually. And the thing is, like, it's one of those games like where um, I just want to get over and done with because... <laughs> You know, the, the the vibes have been so good recently, and I feel yes, like we're yes, just going to be brought crashing down to earth. Um, so it's one of those that like, I, I don't really know how to obviously look at it. Arteta's, um, you know, now got COVID again for the second time, so he's not going to be on the sideline. So they're going to be having um, Albert Stoigenberg, nicknamed um, AirPod Albert, as I've been seeing online today <laughs> on the sideline. So, um, Your yeah. Arsenal fans are funny, man. They're t- Arsenal fans have got the best London names, honestly. AirPod Albert. <laughs> ah, <man>. uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I guess... That's got um, pod title, surely, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Air, 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 AirPod Albert, definitely. That, that's, that's the pod title. Um, so, I guess, yeah, Dan, how... It's sad as well, man, because it's literally 12.30 on New Year's Day. Like, I'm, I'm trying to start 2022 right. <laughs> and this is what they're giving to me on New Year's Day. So um, how how do you see this going? And do you think we're going to see anything different tactically for the game? It's very difficult, man. When Guardiola does those comments, though, he usually wants to pan your ass. Like, I remember I remember the one time, yeah? You remember, you remember when there was a big Sarri hype? Napoli were doing so well in the in the league. I think they ended up with 90 points to win the league. Just marginally missed out. In the Champions League, oh, my God. Guardiola was making me sick. The way he was talking about the Sarri team, like, they're well-beaters and they're, like, amazing. And the way it's so good, so wide. All this shit he was <laughs> I need to flog them, bro. <laughs> I need to flog them. So I know he's got something hot for us, bro. He's got something hot for us. I can't lie. Um, I hope it's not something crazy. I hope it's not a five-piece. <laughs> Listen, if it's a three-piece, yo, my body can take that still. Like, <laughs> I've been through it, man. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> I can take a three-piece. But a five-piece? Oh, on New Year's Day? Oh, shit, man. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I mean, I think I will probably... I don't know. Atata does have the Guardiola thing where it's like, yo. That galaxy brain. Yeah, that's right. Galaxy, that's that's like need from brain. <laughs> Big game? Oh, let me cook something up. <laughs> you, might... <laughs> <laughs> like, you might see ESR Force 9 or something like that. I was just about to say, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if I just, if I just saw ESR Force 9 again uh, on New Year's Day. I, I would it's... say, let's stay with this team that we've been using. But I think he's gonna do something that we don't expect. It's just I got a, yeah, I got a feeling. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd I'd be I'd be inclined to agree. I feel um, the the main thing I want to see from this game is just for us to be competitive, you know. And and I think you mentioned it earlier. Just be competitive against them for long terms, uh, for, for for good periods during the game. Cause them issues, you know. Try and hit them in the channels, you know. When you know the fullbacks are inverted, there's there's always space to attack. I just want to see us cause some issues. I'm not expecting to win. We're not as good as them. They're far far superior. It is what it is. But at the same time, we're Arsenal. We're at home. We shouldn't just be rolling over and just accepting, you know, the L. Um, so yeah, we need to find different ways to cause them issues, cause different ways to stress them, and and ho- hopefully we can, man. So, so, so let's let's see how it pans out, Doctor Lee. How how do you feel about it? How do you see it going? Um, anything you'd like to see 
for for that Man City game? Um, I mean, if I was Arteta, I would switch it up. I would go full blown counter attack. <clears throat> I just um, don't see that the way we're playing. I just don't see us beating City that way. The only way I see us being beating City is the the way Leicester hold threat against them, the way Liverpool hold threat against them, the way West Ham hold threat against them is just being really effective on the counter-attack. So just shutting down all the spaces, particularly in central areas. You've got Martinelli, who's a threat. <clears throat> um, the only problem is Lacquer's not really a threat. Um, poor. You, you really kind of need ESR on the pitch because ESR, Saka and Martinelli are real counter-attacking threats, to be honest. Um, so I'd probably play ESR rather than Odegaard. Um, and I'd have Lacquer as my set merchant and and then just hope that we, we can spring with them free. Um, that's how I, I would go about the game. That's why I'd see. I'd probably also play Nuno Tavares. I was going to say, the ball carrier. Yeah, because he's another ball carrier. I'll, I'll play him. Um, and yeah, that, that's how I'd probably go about it, to be honest with you. Um, I, I would play Shaka instead of Lokonga because Shaka's got the range um, and he's probably got the best range on this on the team and you'd need that in that type of game. Um, but yeah, that's that's how I'd go about it, and that's what I'd like to see. Yeah, I feel like you said a key feature will just be how we spring, and and you know, it, it, we, it's always been said about um, Guardiola sides. Even if you look to when we were under Wenger and we played Barca, you've got to be able to beat that first line. Um, if you can beat that first line, you, you you can get at them. Do you know what I mean? So, and I've seen I saw Antonio cause Laporte issues earlier this season as well. Do you know what I mean? So. They do have, you know, certain players, and I've seen Edison have some bozo moments this season as well. So if you can get past that first line of pressure, if you can evade it, if you can stress it, um, you can cause it. And, and that's really the main takeaway I'm trying to look for from this game. Um, I'm not expecting a victory um, or a draw. Either <laughs> would be nice, but but I just I, I want to see us, you know, um, because a four-piece is not going to help anybody. It's not going to help our confidence. Do you know what I mean? So we've been on a good run. So even if we lose, let's let's please lose in a, in, a, in a dignified way where we can take X or Y from the game and say, you know what, I can see this is, you know, good green shoots um, going forward. Um, so, 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 yeah, let, let's let's see. Let's see on that. So, yeah, fingers crossed. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think we'll, if we don't have anything else to say, unless there's anything else you guys want to touch on quickly before let's, we, we can wrap it up there, um, I think we will try not to get a Patreon pod out um, before the City game um, on New Year's Day as well. So, But, yeah, guys, thank you very much for tuning in. Um, I hope you guys are enjoying your festive periods if you're celebrating. Um, yeah, some of us, uh, you know, didn't get to enjoy as much on Christmas Day as we would have liked, but... Yeah, we move. New Year, um, come in. We all for that New Year spill, but um, hopefully it'll be a good one for Arsenal. So, lads, thank you very much for joining me, and um, we'll catch you on the flip side. Take care. Lads. Peace. Could have had that fight, but I'm gonna walk on site. Man, I have to grab that mind. You're not gonna spit this time. Trying to work with a good oh, energy. Man, gonna work with a bad man vibe. None of these guys can.
Sports Social Podcast Network.